Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we're here for yet another episode. We're doing something a little bit different this week, WPPI. I'm trying a different format called Snapshots, is what I decided to call it. It's a very unique, very creative idea, right? Anna's nodding in the background. I'm actually here with my uh, new friend, Anna Johnson. Thank, thank you so much for making time to share with the Boca Podcast listeners today. Thank you for having me. And we're going to get to, well, we're going to talk a little bit about your brand today. And, and then I'm, we've, we've already talked about having you on for a second full-length episode because we're going to get into a, a branding conversation, which is sorely needed in our industry. We, we talk a lot about brand position on the Boca Podcast, but I think we need to take some time and break down that idea in a little bit more detail to explain it to help photographers understand what it even means. Because having a clear brand position, not only does it help your potential clients understand you better, but it makes marketing so much easier. Yeah, 100% brand position, brand identity, every, all of that is important. So we're going to do that on a different episode because I know that we need more than the 10 or 15 minutes that we're going to, to spend for this conversation. But first of all, if you were to have 15, 20 seconds to sum up what your photography, and I know that you have more than one brand, but um, we're talking specifically today about your boudoir brand. If you had 15 or 20 seconds to sum up your photography brand to somebody, to tell them what your business, your brand is about, how would you sum it up? So with my business, um, my branding is about just being. And I reach out to the woman who's just wanting to be 100% authentic herself. The company's called Boudoir Ego. And um, just be is be.e for Boudoir Ego. Tying in, having an ego about yourself, but learning to just be you. Okay, and so we're going to break that down in a little bit more detail in a second. But um, over the last, well, let's see, how many years have you been in business now altogether as a professional? Gosh, since 2011. Okay, so we're at about eight years now. So that's quite a bit of time and props to you for being able to keep a business going that long. But what is one of the most important lessons that you've learned as a, as a photography business owner? I mean, again, if you had 15, 20 seconds to, let's say you're riding an elevator and there's a photographer there and you have an opportunity to share the most important piece of advice that you've learned over the years, what would that be? So honestly, I would just say be authentically you. Um, 100% the best thing that you can do is just be you and figure out what that is and how that is going to transpire to your business and how you can reach people through being authentic. So I'm going to push back a little bit, play a little devil's advocate, because we hear this word authentic quite a bit these days. How can we go beyond just saying the word and actually doing that thing? What does it mean? And I, I realize this is a loaded topic in and of itself, but what does it mean to figure out who we are and then to, to actually be that thing? Make it more tangible for us. So without taking too long, because I think that this is super important in figuring this out, but um, I think the most important thing is really just figuring out what it was at that moment that is leading you to decide that you want to be a photographer or that you decided that you wanted to go into this business. And everybody has their reason, um, but there's one pivotal point in time and typically there's several but usually you can track those back to even being a child and those memories are what's going to create authenticity and a brand that's authentic 
So starting with why you even went into it in the first place. That's interesting because I think back to my, my photography business and I didn't have a clear why to begin with. Uh, what we ended up doing was, was creating a pretty distinct brand position in the small Chattanooga, Tennessee market that we were in at the time, offering a kind of a, what we called at the time a contemporary style of wedding photography. It was kind of cheesy looking back on it. But w- there was, in that small market, a very traditional style of wedding photography. So to come out with a lot of black and white kind of journalistic style of photography, something that we were seeing at the time come out of California, but hadn't really made its way to Tennessee yet or to Chattanooga yet there was an opportunity to be able to do something that was distinct. But the actual motivation to be a photographer, that's an interesting point of conversation because I think there was part of me that got into photography to do to not quite follow what maybe what my parents had in mind for me at the time. There was a little bit of rebellion in there maybe. So I don't know how I would tie that into the brand, but ultimately there was an opportunity to do something that we, again, are going to get into in another episode, which is to create a distinct brand position. And that was clear enough that it drove what we did really from day to day and it was a cool opportunity in that yeah totally as far as finding my um point it really starts back like when i was like 16 17 years old honestly taking i mean i i'm not young so that was filmed back then and um i'm not old though <laughs> no hey i'm i'm almost 40 years old i started on film too i shot 35 medium format i get it it's okay we don't I, I, we're still young. It's, a, it's all good. Yeah, but it started back when I was like 16 years old. And honestly, taking photos of my girlfriends, it was kind of fun for us to do that in our bathing suits and, and just like around the house. And when I would get those prints back and I would look at those prints and I would see see them and I would show my girlfriends, I noticed more confidence and something that, that was something that they didn't have. And I went on to becoming a pediatric nurse. Um, I was a pediatric nurse for years, left my job for full-time photography. But at that point, my sister passed away from breast cancer. And I think that that was really the pivotal point that I can point to in my life that really made me realize I want to do something different. And so tracking back to what we were saying earlier, as far as what it is that I I believe everybody can find a point. Sometimes it's, they aren't sure where it's at, but there's always a point in time where you can look at it and say, Hey, you know what, at this point, this is what happened. And that makes, that's why I feel this way about things. That's why when I see someone at a wedding smile, why it brings a warm feeling. Some people don't see that. Some people don't get that. And that's something, the reason why each person gets those feelings or taking photos of little kids and like having them laugh and feeling that laughter, there's a reason why people get emotional or excited about that. And that comes from somewhere in their life of how they were raised. And that's why I think it all comes down to a point in your life um, with choosing your company. That makes sense. Uh, with Photographer's Edit specifically, it's very easy to go back to a place where, as a photographer, I wanted even more flexibility than I had. So I wanted to create a company that would give me even more freedom, more flexibility. So there was a personal benefit uh, because I wanted more time with my family. But then, of course, the cool thing about the business model is that it also provided more freedom, more flexibility for those photographers that we were serving. So there's a deeper mission there that I can speak to. But it's, it's interesting. You kind of got me thinking now about why... Like I can't even point exactly to why I got into photography in the first place back in 2000, 2001. Outside of it just seemed cool. I liked you know, the cool camera gear or whatever. I'm going to have to think on that one a little bit more. Maybe we can come back to it. Um, let, speaking of gear, actually, I'm curious, as a boudoir photographer specifically, is there a particular piece of camera gear that you just really, really love? Oh, yeah. my can- I use a 35-millimeter Canon. 
that is my favorite lens. I do like 50 as well, but honestly, my go-to, if I could not live without one lens, it would be that 35. And it just, for boudoir, it's honestly, it just gives the right amount of distance between you and your subject or you and your client. And so that would be my go-to um, lens for sure. And I shoot with Canon, so I'm a Canon girl. Sorry, Nikon people who are listening. I do love you guys too, though. Have you, have you moved to the mirrorless cameras yet? I have tried them out. Um, I had Sony send me a GX8 in 2016, and I tried it for two weeks at a wedding. Honestly, I loved it. I just don't want to make that switch because I have to buy more lenses. And so we've actually been talking about adding a mirrorless to our, to our company and adding that as an option, but I haven't made the switch yet. It's fair enough. I, you know, I, I love the form factor of the mirrorless cameras, but I was also noticing, like, I kind of expected them to be more silent than they are. Yeah. There's still a clicking sound that happens that reminds me of the SLRs, and I was kind of surprised by that. I, I took some time when I was on the trade show floor this week to look at the, the cameras a little bit, and that, that kind of took me back. But the technology is incredible. Um, my favorite mirrorless camera that I've played with a little bit thus far has been a Fuji X-T2. The form factor is really great. And I like the very manual feel about it. The dials on top of the camera are a lot of fun. Technology is fun. Ultimately, it's a tool, though. Finding the best tool for the job is what's most important, and, and, or at least one of the most important factors. So, Canon, I, I, I will, I'll forgive you for being a Canon girl. I shot Nikon my whole career. I actually, we're, we're sitting here in a Starbucks in the casino, and I've got a bag next to me right now that actually has a Canon 70D that I use for, for video content. So I've gone both ways. <laughs> Will you forgive me for that? Yes, I'll forgive you. I've shot with Nikon and honestly, I can't, there's a lot of arguments and I always say, you know what, it really just depends on what you started and what you bought first. And there is some slight differences to both of them, but there, it's kind of a toss. It's like, there's good things about Canon. There's great things about Nikon. There's good things about both. And for me, again, I started off of a, um, with a Canon AE-1 film and I had lenses then so when I got my first digital camera I was like well you know what I can get an adapter and still use these lenses um, and I did and then I ended up moving up my lenses and upgrading obviously because times changed and I had to upgrade so yeah I forgive you <laughs> <laughs> fair enough okay at least we're going to get along for a little bit here um, let's get back to your photography brand though so boudoir ego it's a very interesting word to me because so much of what's at stake in boudoir photography is ego. Maybe in some ways a negative, but hopefully in many ways in a positive fashion. Um, talk a little bit more. You mentioned just briefly where the, the name comes from earlier, but talk, break it down just a little bit more for us. Where, what was the motivation for creating a brand with this focus on ego? I think that people take the word ego and sometimes it could be used in a negative aspect as like, oh, you got a big ego. And honestly, I think that that's just society that says that that's negative, to be honest. Like, really, I think having an ego or ha being, you know, like saying, hey, you know what? I'm amazing. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that someone should own that. If they know that they're amazing, they should own it with humility. So I think that that's important, too. You shouldn't walk around and be like, I'm the stuff when you're not. But or even if you are, you shouldn't do that. But that's kind of where it came from is I really want women to just be able to feel comfortable being themselves, feel honest being themselves and to be able to have that that feeling of amazement and that feeling of confidence. And 
when I was creating the name, I wanted something that said, like, I am confident. And that's what Boudoir Ego is. And being a client of mine means that they're going to have that confidence and that they, they get to say, I am Boudoir Ego, meaning I am confident, I am strong, I am powerful, I am bold, and I can do this. And you summed that up beautifully, too. So, I, again, this is a very loaded topic to try to squeeze it all into 10, 15 minutes. is tough. <laughs> but let's translate that and make it a little bit more practical for our listeners. So what does it mean to, I mean, this idea of helping someone feel comfortable in front of the camera in and of itself is a, is a potentially tough challenge. Yeah. Now they're beginning to take some of their clothing off. It becomes even more complicated. And we were talking before we even started recording. This isn't just specific to female individuals, but also the male individuals who have, are just self-conscious about their bodies. It's tough. What are a few ways, just very simple, practical ways that photographers can help, we're going to go with women particularly here, feel more comfortable in front of the camera to, to be able to overcome some of those insecurities? So again, I think that comes back to being authentic and being you. And by authentic, I mean just being real. Like that's the, I don't know how to explain it any other way, but saying just being real. That goes from your emails, the initial contact that you have with your client and being real in your emails and talking to them just like you would your best friend. And so when my clients come into my studio, they already have this expectation of they know who I am, which gives them a feeling of being comfortable. The other thing is, is I'm an extremely open person as far as um, accepting. So when I have women come in talking about their body issues, or even if they're talking about their sexual life or whatever's going on, I'm willing to listen to them and there's no judgment there. And so I think that that's super important. When I look at a woman, if she's plus size, if she's small, everybody has their struggles. I don't ever, the way I talk to them, I'm never saying anything like, oh, we'll cover this because you have a bump there. Or we want to do, you know, look at those. We don't want to wear those ones. Those ones give us sausage legs or we don't want to wear those um, that outfit because it's going to make you have a little bulge here. So that's why, you know, I, I always say, you know what, wear whatever you want to wear. And it's my job as the photographer to make sure that you look amazing and you will look amazing because that's my job. And you're going to feel amazing because that's my job is to make you feel amazing. So I think throwing out the negative aspect in those negative keywords is what will separate someone from feeling comfortable to not feeling comfortable. So we were actually talking about this before we hit the record button as well, the, this, the importance of engaging, particularly in something like email, with a client or potential client in a way that is, uh, we keep using the word authentic, I'm also thinking about just like human, right? Yes. Like how do we actually have a conversation, when we're talking with a friend of ours or a family member of ours, somebody that we know very well, what does that conversation sound like? And how can we translate that to the context of email or any type of message really that we would send to a client so that they don't feel like they have to be uptight in one way or another because they're in, they're engaging with some some uh, formal business ultra formal business right um, I, I don't know if there's a balance between professionalism anymore I mean in 2019 professionalism and creating this no you're not shaking your head no absolutely not so I always tell people um, that I'm like the worst grammatically person my business partner is always like dude you're spelling that wrong you're saying that wrong and honestly I've come to a point of saying hey you know what I know that there's people out there who really care about that and I really try to work on it Um, but with things like email and with things that you're sending out you're gonna have errors and errors make you human and no matter how many people read your website or everything over and over, if you make them so it's so precisely perfect, then you begin to sound robotic. And um, and so it, 
it is important to make sure that there's not like huge, obvious, huge errors in your writing, but even just adding personality to your email. And that, that can be hard um, when you're writing because you're writing and that could be taken different ways. So you can utilize things like gifts and, um, you know, add something that looks like your personality, whether it be like a gift of someone's a girl saying, hey, you know, that's something that you can add in there. And so when the person opens it, they're like, oh, hey, that's that's her. You know, whether it's Beyonce or whether it's Shakira, it it gives you kind of your spot to say, hey, this is this is me. Could even be Katy Perry. I mean, they're all different. And it, whatever you relate to or who you feel the most of, that kind of thing is what's making someone go, oh, hey, you know, I kind of recognize her. So you're setting the tone with conversation and, and creating comfortable conversation. I like that. Give us one tangible thing that a photographer can do with the client in front of their camera that will help them relax a little bit as well. So in front of the camera, um, I think talking and having conversation. I don't have, um, I will, I mean, I guide everybody through poses, but I take breaks. And while we're taking our breaks, I'll be sitting there, they'll be sitting there in their lingerie and we're just chatting. I only shoot for an hour, but I take a lot of breaks in between them while posing, honestly, is uncomfortable for boudoir. When you're posing, you're arching your back, you're pointing your feet, you're getting cramps in your legs, and you're sitting there, oh my God, I got a cramp. So I say, hey, you know what, honey, just go ahead and pause. Tell me about this. Or And usually I already know a little bit about them because of their um, questionnaires that I do send out. But at that point, I say, hey, so tell me about this. You know, tell me you're getting married. Tell me about your wedding. And I'm making it more of like we're girlfriends hanging out. And I think that that's, that's key to making them feel comfortable because they don't come in and I'm not just the photographer shooting them. I also don't make mine a production. So they're not feeling like there's all these flashing lights around and that they feel already nervous being in front of those flashing lights instead I'm like you know what I'm going to use natural light or I'll use continuous light that's my style but I do that mainly because I don't want them feeling like I'm giving a production because anybody in front of a flash automatically clams up so that's my way to keep them just relaxed I also start off with poses that are more of a comfortable pose like I'll start off on the ground just laying down and that way they feel they feel comfortable and I will get on the ground and lay down and take their photos so they're laying down and I'm laying down and we're both just talking so I you you gave a number of tips there um I and which is wonderful no not please don't apologize it really is wonderful but I want to go back to one that stands out to me and I think can't be emphasized enough. And it's interesting that you continue the theme of communication. We, we started with creating comfortable conversation via email, uh, for example. But then that, that conversation, that comfortable conversation, we continue that with the shoot, the conversation that happens during the shoot. One of the things that I notice, and, and I realize in context there may be a reason or two for this, but when you go to a shooting workshop, you'll notice photographers are photographing the model and they don't say a thing. You just hear click, 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 and there's no communication to the model, whether it's to give them guidance or even just to encourage them. I, in fact, I went to a workshop the other day. This is a very specific example, but uh, I was at this workshop that we were sponsoring, and they were doing, there was a shooting segment, and the photographers weren't saying very much to the model. And I said, I complimented how she looked, and she lit up. I mean, the, the smile that she got on her face, it totally changed her demeanor. Yeah. I wasn't even shooting. I was just kind of standing in the background, but I complimented her. Yeah. And it literally changed her demeanor. And, and you could tell a, kind of a, almost like a, a lighter step about her after that. It's amazing how much we can create a more comfortable environment for somebody when we just 
consistently and continually encourage them yeah. and compliment them. And to do so genuinely, by the way, you mentioned the significance of genuineness, of being genuine in our email. That translates to the way that we compliment our, our clients as well. They can tell if we're just feeding them lines right. versus actually meaning what we're saying. Right. For anybody that's halfway intuitive, they can tell. So I think it's really important to consistently and proactively engage in communication and let a significant port of that, a portion of that communication be compliments because it can make all the difference in the world. Oh, 100%. And I think with Boudoir, it's establishing a relationship. It doesn't have to be, you're my best friend. But honestly, when, when someone comes in, I treat them like I would treat my best friend. And so the way I talk to them, I would never just shoot a friend and be like, hey, I'm not going to say much. Or, okay, here, go ahead and do this pose now. Okay, point your feet. No, I'm like, oh my gosh, honey, you look amazing. Or, yes, girl, this looks awesome. That's the kind of stuff that I say because that's how I talk. And that is how I would say well, that's, that's what would happen if a girlfriend was sitting there. And I think that that is something that people feel and they realize once they, um, once they sit down and they're in front of the camera and they hear me talking to them. Then they're like, oh, wait, you know what? She's making me feel like I've known her my whole life and like she's my best friend. And that's my goal is to make them feel like that during that moment, because it's so hard to get comfortable in your lingerie when you don't have that communication and you don't have that feel of a relationship, whether it's an actual relationship with the person as a friend or whether it's just the client and you just met them. They need to feel like they're your best friend. That's good. This is this is good. This is such a loaded topic. Again, I realize that we're just kind of barely skimming the surface, but it's a good introduction to the topic. And what I'd love is for our listeners to be able to find you online, social media, your website, and then I hope to bring you back again for another episode. We'll get into the branding conversation, but will you share where they can find you online? Yeah. So you can find me at www.boudoirego.com or Instagram Boudoir Ego. Um, and that's where you can find my boudoir company. Perfect. And we'll make sure to link to that in the show notes. For those of you listening in, Boca, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com. Show notes are there. Resources are there. A bunch of them, actually. Um, make sure you check those out. But thank you again, Anna, for making time for the Boca podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. <laughs>